Hello and welcome to episode 8 of the Teach Computing podcast, the series that focuses on teaching and learning in the computing classroom. This month, given the context of the coronavirus pandemic, we've chosen to focus on remote learning. Many educators around the world are coming to terms with the challenges presented by teaching their classes remotely. We decided to catch up with some of these educators to find out how they're getting on. So I, I got together with a group of educators online um, to talk a little bit about the experiences that they are facing and the teachers that they're working with are facing. We gather this group of people because we have a range of people from different backgrounds. And, and so I think what would be really nice to do is just um, let's just go around the around the group really quickly and introduce yourself kind of properly. Tell us who you are. Uh, what your background is, what your kind of role is at the moment. And then perhaps as a first question, um, what what is happening in uh, in your schools at the moment, uh, all the schools that you're working with? And, and I think we'll go to Jude first of all. So, so what's happening in schools at the moment? And Jude, you've got a slightly, um, you know, you're in the similar position, but you're in Spain at the moment where I think your restrictions are slightly more severe than where we are in the UK. What's What's it like for you at the moment? Hi, everyone. Yep. Um, I'm calling from Palma de Mallorca in Spain. So you'd think I was having great weather, but it's been raining, which is very disappointing. Um, the restrictions are, are, have been in place since the 14th of March. And basically, children are not allowed out of their homes. Only people with pets can take one walk a day. We don't have a dog. Are you wishing that maybe you'd uh, acquiesced to the kids' request and got a dog earlier on, maybe? For... Absolutely. If I'd known, I would be the proud owner of three dogs by now. So I work for a an all-through. It's um, an international school which follows the British curriculum. So we teach all key stages following the British curriculum, and I teach key stages three to five. It's been a big jump for us because although some of the secondary teachers have been using Google Classroom for ages and are really quite used to it and the students can all use it, many of even the secondary colleagues haven't actually been doing very much because when you're a one-form entry school, you have quite a lot of personal touch with your students. Um, and the primary staff had never used any kind of distance learning. So it was a really big jump, especially for primary. And they opted for Purple Mash to start with. And then they moved into Google Classrooms. Thank you, Jude. That's, that's really interesting to hear how, how you're getting on there. And we'll, we'll talk a bit more about some of the tools that people are using as we go through our conversation. Um, Steve, how about you? What's your kind of background and, and context and, and what's going on in your school at the moment? Hi, yes. Yeah, so... Um, I'm uh, I'm based in North London at a sixth form uh, college. So I'm a computer science teacher. I've been uh, teaching just computing for about three years now. And before that, I was doing sort of ICT and things. So yeah. So my experience is we've got we've got 120 students, and they they all study computing, um, and so and they they do um, a, some, a range of different A levels alongside as well. Um, and so we were already quite heavily invested um, in 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 the sort of like G Suite and things, and so. I think, you know, compared to perhaps some of the journeys that um, I'm hearing some teachers and students and parents are having at the moment, then our journey has perhaps been a little bit um, less, um, you know, less of an issue and a bit more seamless perhaps than, than other places. Um, so, yeah, so we actually closed a few days before the official sort of government um, closure and we... Um, 
uh, and yeah so and we don't we're not open at all um because of because we're only 16 plus then all of our students are at home i'm actually outside of london now so i'm sort of doing my teaching from sort of 60 miles away in uh, north essex at the moment so yeah that that's that's a bit about what where i am at the minute Thank you, Steve. Yeah, I'm going to go to James next as um, as as a as a primary teacher because we've kind of heard there a little bit about some of the secondary experiences. Um, James, what's what's happening in in uh, in your primary school? Yeah, so I mean, I obviously have primary teaching background, so a bit of everything. Um, but I'm now assistant head teacher at a local primary school in Cambridge, and um, I've been kind of given the the remit of rolling out the 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 whole thing across across school and uh it's been a challenge but the whole school in key stage one and key stage two are on google classroom early years are just kind of using their tapestry system which kind of communicates communicates regularly with parents um and there's been lots of positivity but uh but it's been it's been a challenge Thanks, James. And we'll probably get into a few of those challenges as we go through this this conversation. Um, and then um, I'm going to jump to to Kat. Um, so, Kat, you're a former primary teacher, right? And I think you're going to offer maybe a slightly different perspective in that you're now working outside the classroom, but you're talking to lots of other teachers. Um, I probably just ruined your introduction there, but um, but what what's what what are you seeing at the moment? Um, yeah. So I was a primary school teacher for a number of years, and now I'm an ed tech trainer. So I basically go into schools and support them. Um, give them advice on how best to use technology with the computing curriculum, all of that kind of thing. Um, and a lot of my work actually is with Google, so it's nice to hear schools using Google Classroom. Um, and so I've spent the last couple of weeks doing a lot of parachuting into schools remotely and supporting them with how to get online, uh, even though we've been saying for months, why don't you try this? Why don't you give it a go? And now they suddenly do, weirdly. Um, but one of the things I've been doing in the last two weeks, which has been really interesting, is with some friends, we launched something called the Global GEG Staff Room. Um, and it's sort of an opportunity for teachers around the world to chat about how they're coping and uh, to really to support mental health. Because um, as someone who suffers from depression, I'm sort of really keen to support people and make sure that we don't end up getting stuck and caught up in our own thoughts while we're all sat at home alone or with just our immediate family for company. Um, so we've been having these chats, trying to keep them lighthearted whilst giving people an opportunity to talk about their circumstances. Um, we're having them three times a week on Tuesdays, Thursdays and Sundays at different times to try and get different time zones. So we have lots of teachers from the US, South America, Australia, teachers from South Korea, Singapore, Malaysia, China. And it's been really, really lovely hearing about their different experiences. It's kind of like we're in this really horrible situation, but all of these teachers are coming together and sharing their wonderful experiences, advising each other on um, software to use, on how to cope when someone senior tells them they can't do what they planned. Um, it's been a really, really good exp uh, opportunity. Um, and then aside from that, I'm also tutoring maths uh, because I was doing that anyway. And so we're launching online tutoring this afternoon. I'm going to be using Jamboard, which could be interesting. I hope that works. Um, and my laptop with a hangout on and hopefully that will go really well. So one of the other things I've seen as well that's been quite interesting is uh, one of the teachers in the chats we had the other day was saying he really he's really pleased that the hangouts, uh, sorry, that the exams have been cancelled because he can now teach what the students want to do, what they want to learn. He can teach properly and get some enjoyment out of it and do more project-based work. So that was quite an interesting way to look at this fact that GCSEs weren't happening anymore. 
that's that's a really interesting perspective cat and i think you know there are as you say there are lots of challenges and it's interesting you bring up mental health we might we might um revisit that in a moment um but i think also um there's lots of opportunities that this kind of this challenge presents and it's really nice to hear that teachers are kind of coming together um and and jane you're kind of offering a slightly different perspective again you're a former primary teacher but do you want to say a little bit more about what your kind of role and what you're seeing um in this current situation Okay, so um, I was I worked in industry for 20 years as a developer, then as a primary school teacher for 10 years, um, and then kind of worked on a different a number of different projects that kind of spanned across the two um, sectors. Um, and but now I work in um, a university setting um, and teach undergraduates about computer science education, and I'm also doing research, and I'm particularly interested in how we can help teachers be informed by the research that perhaps has already taken place or not so that's the thing that i'm particularly interested in from a university perspective we've transitioned from our face-to-face -face delivery to all online so a little bit like steve that we kind of went early and so all of our students now are being taught through um, a range of different online and collaborative products and for me that was quite interesting because it's something that i've done as teaching teachers in the past so I reused the techniques that I'd use for teaching teachers through the BCS certificate in the university setting and I, I suspect that teachers have got all sorts of different expertise that they can bring to this now but it's helping them have the confidence to do it. That's, yeah that's really um, useful sort of perspective there Jane and I think what you're saying about the research like there is a, there is a bunch of research particularly around things like and um, we've been talking about this um, in a separate conversation about things like terms of synchronous and asynchronous you know learning um it's a term that's often thrown around but actually do we understand what that means and what the benefits are of of each of those approaches because they both offer different things and we should be using both of them if we can to balance what our students are getting um and that confidence point you know we need to make sure that teachers are confident in using the technology but then moving almost past that to think about you know how can i use this to the greatest effect what bits of my teaching that i used to be doing in the classroom setting am i not doing now how can i replicate those or do i need to replicate those um, and a really good example is we're seeing probably fewer synchronous opportunities for students in lots of places you know students talking to one another via their teacher or with their teacher you know in that live kind of environment um so that might lead into a, a sort of a, a related question and maybe we'll just kind of take this really quickly round the room and just answer in like a, a sentence or two um at the moment, what is the current focus for you and your organisation? Is it kind of keeping the students um, going and looking after their mental health? Or is it about progression and learning? Or is it somewhere between those two kind of extremes? Is it consolidation, perhaps? So what are the current kind of aims and focuses for you and your organisation this week and maybe we should <laughs> think about it in those terms because this could this is going to develop over time um let's go to steve first of all so what are, what's your current immediate focus so our current uh, uh, immediate focus is progression so we have our year 12s who were meant to be having some exams in june but they're now uh, cancelled but whether they'll uh, whether whether they'll actually happen or whether they'll happen at a later date we don't know yet 
Um, obviously, we've got to field a lot of questions from the students where we don't really know the answers for that. Um, but what we're telling them is that the best preparation that they can be doing at the moment is that they can be continuing to learn because then whatever way that we decide to actually, whatever way we decide and the exam boards decide that they're actually going to assess an award uh, on their qualification, then then by continuing to learn, that's the best thing that they can possibly be doing at the moment. They also have some coursework units to do as well, so and they're on a two-year program, so therefore they've got to continue. They will have to com complete these units. Um, if they don't complete them now, then they'll have to complete them at some point, or at least up to a certain point, I would have thought. Um, and so we're just trying to do as much um, as we possibly can with regards to progression with with the year 12s. Um, and of course. Um, we, we are doing a lot of, we're trying to do a lot of practical things and this raises lots of issues with regards to things like support and, um, and the amount of emails I've sent this, this week, like I'm sure like other teachers is unbelievable. Um, and, you know, things are happening a lot more, much more slowly at the moment than they would be in the classroom because everything just takes um, a little bit longer. So that's our year 12s. And then our, our year 13s at the moment, you know, they've got even more questions because they're due to be certificated and, um, um, they've got university places that are up for grabs and what's going to ha ha be happening with those. Um, but at the moment, you know, then, you know, our, our, what we're saying to them is, you know, we're going to keep learning. We're going to keep learning new things um, because then whatever happens, whenever we get the right answers, you'll be in the best, best possible position. Yeah, great. Um, and I, so that's, that's really interesting that you're I think you said earlier on that you've been using some of this technology for a while. So maybe you're a better place just to kind of be focusing on on progression um james google apps and, and and sort of remote learning is maybe slightly newer for your environment your setting does that influence what your focus is at the moment yeah yeah i mean quite different to steve actually that um right now we're not focused on progression and it's more about giving pupils and teachers the opportunity to kind of get used to this new way of working without massive expectations on pupil output or on kind of teaching new skills and new objectives um but also uh really important importantly at the moment just making sure that we're maintaining some some of that contact with pupils and parents because um they're they're even before even before we closed lots of pupils were kind of showing that they were feeling anxious about this whole situation and this is obviously going to compound that the fact that they don't have that regular kind of face-to-face check-in so that's been our, our, our kind of dual focus mm -hmm. at the moment that, that, that's that's again that's, that's sort of somewhere at the other end is more sort of more focusing on consolidation but also particularly on kind of mental health and looking after the, the young people which is a really interesting and, and an important um sort of side of this um let's go to jude what does this look like um for you what are your what's your immediate current focus so um it's been really interesting for us because we are obviously on a small island, Palma de Mallorca, and we're a British international school, so we're fee-paying, um, which is very different for me. I worked in the state school system in Birmingham for 20-odd years, so moving to the private sector has been an interesting shift. Um, we are very much um, aware of parental expectations and the fact that a lot of the school offers are being compared, and so particularly... Um, there's been a lot of parental expectation around synchronous teaching. And so the uh, senior leadership have asked for secondary that some synchronous teaching is made available to Key Stage 5, um, which we've just had our exams cancelled as well. It took a while longer for the international ones to be cancelled. 
but our year 11 and year 13s will not be sitting exams, but our year 12s at some point, probably in the October, November series, will sit their ASs. And so I know that many of my colleagues are offering um, live teaching sessions at the timetabled slot of the timetable. So, you know, Tuesday period two or whatever it happens to be. Um, for me, as a computing teacher, it's a little bit different because I have one student in year 12. Um, I also teach psychology AS and I attempted a synchronous teaching session with the six of them, which was a complete technical disaster um, for various reasons, including one of them being asleep, etc. And so I've, for the moment, put a hold on that and said, look, you've got lots to do. I've only got one really small part of the specification I've not covered. And I'm kind of hopeful that I can cover that in, in reality, like face to face, rather than having to go through the tech. But I'm keeping a really close eye on their progress and setting them lots and lots of work to do, including um, summarizing and um, revisiting lots of the content that's been covered. It's a very content-heavy A-level. Um, I know my, my colleagues are struggling a little bit with student engagement, so balancing. So we're expected to email the parents and the students pretty much every day if a student hasn't attended a session or hasn't done the work. And keeping up to that is is causing some stress issues for some of my colleagues because obviously it's, it's quite time consuming. Um, and then on top of that, we have students who are only working on an iPad, for example, which means that they're having all kinds of technical difficulties accessing some of the materials that we set. But overall, I'd say the students have in secondary are positive, particularly in key stage four and five, they really feel that personal touch. Key stage three, I'd say, is still a bit more unsettled. Um, I think the students are more reluctant to do all of the work that we've set, and we are setting a considerable amount, because that is what the school and the parents expect. And so then there's this kind of tension between the parents, the students and the school, where the students are claiming they've done all the work, the teachers are saying they haven't, and the parents are somewhere in, in the middle. No, that's great. And we've kind of talked a little bit there about some of the challenges, and we'll say a bit more about those in, in just a moment. Um, just sort of really quickly, Kat, from you, just um, what uh, what what kind of – where are you seeing people on this kind of spectrum of mental health to progression and consolidation somewhere in the middle? Because you've spoken to quite a few teachers. Where do you get the consensus? Where, where are people kind of tending to fall on that, on that spectrum? Um, I'm seeing a lot of people being told by senior leadership they need to stick to a timetable, they need to assess a lot of work, they need to assign it. And a lot of teachers saying, no, they just want to be there for their students. They want to talk to them, support them, see their faces once a day or whatever. Um, and that's really interesting to hear that, the, you know, you get that disconnect from what senior leadership is saying and what the students are saying. Um, the other interesting thing is, as a new parent, I've joined a few parent Facebook groups and the amount of parents panicking about the work they've been set from school um, and other parents saying oh just don't do it or don't worry you're not a teacher is really interesting to see the other side of it so how much can we expect the parents to push their children or how much can we expect the parents to support their students their children um, or maybe they're just letting them get on with it um, so you know my, my gut instinct is this is quite a scary time for children and I think we really do need to support them as best we can and ideally that would be a friendly face at the end of a camera yeah 
Um, and Jane, I know you have a, a, a few kind of thoughts on this without maybe direct experience of this in the classroom yourself at the moment, but we've spoken about this. Do you want to just briefly kind of um, summarise your your thoughts on, on this kind of spectrum and where schools might be and where they maybe should be aiming for, in your opinion? Yeah, I think I think this uh, this question of what content should be being delivered is a uh, it's not only um, about schools. It's maybe a an issue for government even to say you know they could choose to put the national curriculum on hold and say what's most important right now is for education to support families to not go outside or to support children to understand what's going on. So it's it, it, the, it, this idea, this issue of, of not how we deliver, but what is delivered may go beyond our personal views and our school views and even to a, a nationwide, I don't, I don't know. So it's, for me, it's quite interesting. From um, a personal perspective, our students have now moved, they, they are now all online, but we have to deliver content because they are just finishing their, their effectively this last module and they, this is going to go towards their degree. So we've, in fact, I'm teaching tomorrow um, and supporting them to hand in their assignments for this last term. And then next term, it will be business as usual because they have to get, you know, they've got to do well in terms of their degrees. So we're more like, um, Steve in terms of the A-level group in that it's about progression. However, it does link in with what everyone else is saying in that I'm kind of calming them down and we're talking more from a pastoral perspective, uh, but most of them have gone home. So that's the thing. Although some of them may be, we've got, I've got one international student who I think isn't going home. So I'll be the only person that he does see in a day. So it is getting that balance right. So I think it is a, a very interesting discussion about not the pedagogy or the tech. It's about content. Yeah. And it's interesting, I think, you know, what we're in, we're in a situation where without any sort of top-down direction because obviously a lot of that effort and attention is being focused on the the healthcare situation um, a lot of schools are deciding or having to decide what their immediate goals names are um, and that means we are getting this very different kind of interpretation across across the nation and across the world so that's it's going to be really interesting and you know maybe over time we might get some further guidance as to what we're expected to deliver from 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 government and so on um, so that's all really interesting. And I think, you know, we've talked a little bit about challenges and opportunities. Um, so maybe we should just think about what the those are at the moment for schools. So Kat, if you had to distill the conversations you've had to the biggest challenge and biggest opportunity that you're, the teachers you work with are facing, what would you say those are at the moment? I'm going to go biggest opportunity first, because I think it's really important to talk about positives. Um, I think the biggest opportunity I've seen is the opportunity to collaborate globally. I'm seeing people come together in such a lovely way and help each other and support each other, no matter where they're from, even with language barriers. So that's been a really big opportunity as far as I'm concerned. Um, biggest challenge from a personal perspective, leadership banning things like video chats. We talked earlier about the importance of seeing somebody different. And I'm seeing that coming down so often. My senior leadership thinks it's not safe to have video chats with children. Um, and it, it worries me that's that's really interesting and i think you know well maybe somebody else might pick up on that so steve um do you want to um chip in with your uh, opportunities and uh, challenges 
Yes, uh, I just wanted to, I will do, uh, but just to pick up on what Kat said. So um, earlier today, um, I met with my form group. So I've got about 30, 13 in my form. And um, obviously, it's a little bit different when our, all of our learners are over 60, uh, 16 plus. So um, I, was do, I did a live video stream. I, rec I recorded the Google Hangout uh, like this. And then at the moment, our sort of team time, as it is, is um, very much sort of like, you know, pastoral and uh, well-being, etc. So we were thinking about things that we... we, we so essentially um i find that uh, even at 16 well um, only two of my students actually wanted to speak none of them were on video but uh, they're all on on chat and um they're all there because i said oh you know just put something in the chat to see if you're there um and then um i was um we we had the idea of doing a um a puzzle you can do sort of like a jigsaw puzzle online um so we got a computer related jigsaw puzzle i streamed and we we, we timed each other in doing in this doing the same jigsaw puzzle just having a bit of fun um you know and just uh if they to, to take any um you know take any questions or concerns so from from our point of view then i think having sort of like a you know a, a friendly face there to to you know to talk about something like less serious than than work and what's going on outside is is you know is is really important um going to the uh the question to do with challenges and opportunities so um, i think the opportunity the opportunity to start with as well is that um some of the teachers in our organization are utilizing technologies that they would have probably never utilized if if, if this hadn't have happened um so to doing sort of screen recordings and um making use of tech that they wouldn't have done and even when we go back to back to normal i think you know that there'll be you know every, everybody from a technology um use point uh, standpoint will will, will feel more confident in using these technologies and we'll be able to use that um, in their in their normal classroom settings. Um, I think the biggest challenge that faces us is um, supporting uh, our learners um, with uh, um, SEN needs. Um, and uh, I think that's a really difficult challenge that we have um, that we don't ha have the answer for yet. We've got our pastoral team um, and uh, with you know working on that which is behind the scenes. And then also as well, perhaps some of our less able learners as well how can we ensure that every single learner, you know, um, gets all the, the support that they need to be able to, well, to progress, as I said, that there was the main sort of focus at our place, but also as well to get the, um, the you know, the, 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 um, the well-being um, advice and guidance that, you know, we all need um, at this moment in time. That's really nice. And I, I like what you were saying about um, the sort of the, the socialising aspect. I know a number of our kind of work meetings are now, we're trying to sort of shift the focus so we did get those kind of socializing and sort of fun elements going on so we don't all uh, all lose our minds as well um and um jude challenge and opportunity that you see at the moment in your context so uh, one of the main opportunities i see is is the video chatting and just the kind of chat and um, my students have been sending me lots of memes. They love meeting up at the same time and chatting, which is really nice. Um, we've managed to play a live Kahoot game together, which everybody enjoyed. Um, and that's with my smaller Key Stage 4 groups where I've got about 10 students. With my Key Stage 3 students, I've been able to video call them through Google. So no phone numbers, no personal data. It's all through the school system in order to help them with their technical problems. And that's that's been really nice. I've chatted to um, some year eights who, who couldn't um, understand how to access some of the platforms that I asked them to go on to in order to kind of do some coding games at home. Um, I've also discovered that there's some really, really high quality 
websites out there for coding. Um, my own children have been coding loads on um, a site called Tinker, which they love and which is currently available to educators um, free. It's an American site, so it's got that strange US grading system, but it's really nice. Um, I think my colleagues have also experienced some of the great opportunities of Classroom. Many of them had not really bothered using it before. Um, and we've kind of been, I've done a lot of tech support with staff. So it's been really nice um, getting to know my colleagues more because I've only been at the school for just under a year. So it's a fairly new posting for me. I think for me, um, it's, it's really challenging for my colleagues because particularly the English teachers, the history teachers, they're overwhelmed by work and they feel that everything that gets submitted online needs to be marked. And so they're setting tons of asynchronous work and then they're drowning in marking and trying to help them understand how to set things and, and how to provide differentiated opportunities that don't create more work for you as a teacher and um, that you can just, you know, copy and paste feedback. It's okay. So those, that's the big challenge, I'd say. No, that's that's interesting. Thank you. And um, James, what do you find? What would you say in your primary setting is the the biggest challenge and opportunity? Um, yeah, I mean, echoing what what the other guys were saying, really, um, I would say, uh, I guess the challenge and an opportunity with working with colleagues, um, uh, like Kat was saying earlier, I've been trying to to suggest to staff for a long time now to try out some of these online platforms, but. Um, it's only it's only when necessitated that 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 that, that they actually had to go. Um, so it's been it's been a challenge trying to provide all that support. Doing lots of I've been doing lots of screen recording to send to my colleagues as to how to how to access certain things. Um, but on the upside, I think when we get through this, I feel confident and staff have fed back to me that they see the benefits of this in terms of how pupils are engaging and in terms of how pupils are supporting one another and how they the pupils are pupils are surprising them uh as to how well they are exploring and 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 adapting that i feel like this is something that staff will continue uh continue using in the future yeah, so I think we're kind of echoing across the group this sort of enforced CPD sort of opportunity that, you know, um, I think that's really interesting that <laughs> it takes a global pandemic to uh, to, <laughs> to to sort of uh, push people over, over, over into using online tools. But that, that's really interesting. Um, and then um, I don't think I've gone to Jane yet, have I? Jane, do you want to kind of tell us what you think the opportunities are and uh, biggest challenge? I'm going to echo what everyone said before, which is it's this double-edged sword of enforced CPD. But I think it's not just for the teachers and the pupils. It's also a, a societal change and it's something around parents. And I think something that's been interesting listening to to everybody really has been, well, what are my roles and responsibilities now and what are teachers uh, what are families roles and responsibilities and what about pupils roles and responsibilities and I think for me there's opportunities but there's also a risk that the digital divide gets even wider so those teachers who are confident will kind of zoom ahead and be using terms like synchronous asynchronous and all these this all these kind of vocabulary and lots of other teachers will be thinking I don't know what they're talking about and similarly they'll be 
pupils who don't have access to technology or who are less confident or are finding things difficult. And I, I think there is a risk that we, if we do do lots of what's called asynchronous teaching, which is, you know, this idea that you have to do it completely alone, then there's research to suggest that certain groups of society find that very difficult and actually they they're even more disenfranchised so i think it's there's opportunities but we have to be very careful yeah yeah absolutely um in, in moving into an online and remote um delivery method what are the pedagogies that people have been able to um continue to use in their teaching and are there things that people are having to kind of switch to yeah so um I, i'm guess really this is something that we need to spend a, a little bit more time thinking about once when we're um when, when i when we when i can come up for air um i suppose what i've been doing really is yeah i mean we've moved most of our t- we've moved say our teaching to two-thirds asynchronous one-third synchronous because it was simply not possible to basically stick to um, our timetable, which was the initial plan. Also, as well, we don't know what pressures the uh, the learners um, have, what their home setting is, whether they've got to look after um, siblings or pets or go shopping and this kind of thing. So, yeah, so we've moved to mainly um, asynchronous. And so what we've been doing is we've been setting, making sort of short videos, you know, uh, up to 10 minutes and then short, snappy little tasks to do. So 10-minute video, do this. Five-minute video, do this. 10-minute video, do this. Um, what we've we've already carried out a survey with our learners about what they thought about that and they did they do like that okay and they said oh do we like the short snappy tasks where you can just sort of like do this task draw 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 a triangle tick do this tick do this tick um and then we were thinking yeah but they they like those tasks but they're they're ticking them off but there's not a lot of deeper learning going on there at the moment Uh, and they they feel like they're getting things done and they are but we think actually you know what is the you know what what are they actually getting out of it they um so we you know we appreciate this is only week one of however many weeks we're going to be here so we want to think about how we can get into sort of like um some some deeper learning and get in perhaps learners to to see past this sort of like boxing off these very uh, short small tasks that's what we want to be thinking about we're also um thinking about um, sort of like how can we get learners to collaborate together we've had some students that have had some sort of like technical difficulties and um, with the best will in the world myself and my colleague can't can't answer and be technical support for sort of like 120 students to sort out technical issues or whatever because at some one point or the other I do teach the whole entire school um, so we've been working out and then sort of like pairing people up so that they can um, students that have sorted out all their issues with tech or whatever uh, can have a call with another student and so for basically to so that they're learning by um, instructing so in a way some some kind of peer instruction but not peer instruction in the in, in the traditional sort of sense um and then so we've, we've been doing that and but what we're looking into i mean it was interesting to hear what kat was saying before about using google jamboard um because um it's some sort of collaborative whiteboard so students can work on problems together is something we're going to look at great that's 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 a, that's really nice and you mentioned there are two um two things there i think collaboration amongst pupils and i think the sort of this deeper learning thing does anyone have any uh, examples that they've seen of pupils collaborating together or want to sort of talk about how we could get students to move beyond just ticking things off and into some deeper learning activities this kind of links back to the experience that i had in teaching teachers using um 
face-to-face -face online teaching and I just had a really simple um, approach which was to use a, a shared Google Doc. Um, I started off I was just delivering things through a present through a PowerPoint but over 12 cohorts of teaching teachers um, over quite long courses online I, I completely swapped to just we had one single Google Doc everybody came into it I put them into groups um, they all had activities which were already in the Google Doc ready for them to do they would then collaborate solving problems together in the Google Doc if they're finished their paired activity they would go up and look at other people's work would peer assess it do so two stars and a wish so it became but that relied on typing because that was the way that everyone was communicating together um, that is exactly what I've translated to what we do with undergraduates um, so we have a central Google Doc, they all go in, they do their thing, and there's a pattern to the to the session. There's there's a do now activity. They look at the learning objectives. Um, they highlight to say whether they're confident with them at the beginning. So we're using semantic waves and all these these kind of standard techniques now. So I think the research seems to suggest that you need clear learning objectives, pre and post assessment, all normal things, lots of active learning that you scaffold the learning with you know, the normal kind of things that we do, extra questions or extra help. And that's the other thing is once they're active and they're doing their tasks, then I go in and I type them extra questions and I kind of can do assessment on the fly. But what it means is there's a, you have to completely rewrite your lesson plan activities in order to move them into this kind of um, synchronous online environment. Um, and I think with that, the Google Doc thing, I remember the first time I used that with pupils and the first time you sort of give an open document to pupils and say, hey, everyone, write your ideas down. You get a document that's a mess within five minutes or it's full of, you know, language which you wouldn't necessarily want the kids to be writing. Down. That, all that kind of malarkey. But I think one of the challenges here is, is like sticking with some of those ideas because the second time, the third time, the fourth time you do it, they get used to using it as a work tool um, and not just as a, as a place to chat. And I think the important thing is, I just wanted to follow up, you've got to spend time training everybody. So it's just like when you get a new classroom at the start of the year, you've got to set up the norms and how you use the resources, how you interact. So it's just spending that time. Yeah. And as somebody else said earlier on, we're in week one. So um, we can give ourselves a little bit of slack for not having all the answers just yet. Um, so as a, as a parent of a, of a primary ch uh, child, I've seen lots of... Um, sort of interaction and supporting of each other in in my daughter's experience um and and, and james in, a, in, a, in someone that's new to this kind of remote sort of experience is that something you're equally seeing um you know kids so pupils supporting one another as well as responding to the task themselves yeah i mean in terms of in terms of kind of wider pedagogy it's it's such early days that it's kind of hard to hard to say definitively i mean started to provide a bit a bit of little bit of feedback um between pupils and from from teacher to pupil as well but it's it's challenging to kind of as as the other guys were saying make that really meaningful and make that deep deeper when when you haven't got that face-to-face -face opportunity because to follow up is to follow up is a lot more of a, a kind of spaced out um a, a spaced out kind of process which which doesn't have quite the same effect but that's that's our challenge going forward um 
but I, and I think we'd really like to explore some more of the collaborative working as well. And I know that some some of the older year groups at school have been doing some kind of paired projects and things already, and are, are a little bit more kind of equipped to to then share that with the rest of their class. And and that 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 side of it is really interesting going forward. I would like to know what are the tools, but also support mechanisms that you would recommend teachers check out. Um, in this these first few weeks of experimenting with remote learning so the first thing is one thing that kept coming up in my global, global gg staff room chats which is a great tool for support um is that you need to stick with what you've already got and do that really well and then introduce maybe one new thing once you've got the hang of everything you're already using um a really big fan of tools like flipgrid um google hangouts uh, jamboard if you've not had a play with that please have a go with it uh, yeah, so anything you can use, but make sure that you learn one thing at a time and don't try and flood loads of new tools in at, at the same time. Yeah, great. Thank you. Um, James, uh, what what are the tools that you would recommend or support mechanisms? We've already talked about uh, G Suite that's been really useful to see, to have the, the stream function on Google Classrooms so pupils can have that more informal chat. Me personally, uh, screen recording apps have been super useful for sharing with pupils and with staff and with teachers just to kind of support them technically from distance. Great, thank you. Um, Steve, your favourite tools or um, support? So just picking up on what James said then, and the screen recording software that's gone really down really well at our place is called uh, Loom, L-O-O-M, which, uh, which I'm sure you'll put in the uh, in the link, show links. Um, so uh, that's an extension for Chrome, but you can also it's also got a desktop app, but um, it records it records everything with the minimal of fuss and uploads it. Um, and she, but you can download it. You can download it and then put it onto whatever VLA you're using. We've got lots of stuff that had never done any screen recording before that have been using that this week. So it's it's got a free teacher license as well at the moment as well. So that's great. Jamboard, as Kat mentioned, is really good for collaborative work. Um, our graphics teacher's been using that for um, judging um, some A-level graphic design work. And then some other two collaborative whiteboarding pieces of soft uh, or websites, I should say, are uh, Bitpaper, which is really good for maths and also live board which are really good and then just the final thing for support um we i know a lot of organizations for their um internal communications use things like slack but we've actually just uh, started to use workplace which is which is made which is by facebook but they uh, apparently they don't sell any of your data so we've been using workplace behind the scenes to sort of um to to, to basically for our staff staff comms and it's it's actually been working really well Excellent. Thank you, Steve. Um, and Jude. So for our staff communication, we've, we, we're using a classroom class that we've set up for the staff, but we also, we use WhatsApp loads. They made us a WhatsApp group just, uh, at the start of the lockdown and the staff have really enjoyed it. So the staff are also sharing memes and all sorts. So we've got some staff who live on their own, so who pretty much don't see anyone all day. So it's really nice to to go into the the WhatsApp staff group and share suggestions and also be able to discuss how students are getting on. Um, I think Seneca is fantastic. I'd really recommend people use Seneca. It's great for key stage three, key stage four, key stage five. Lots of subjects there. Quizlet, I'm a big fan of as well. Um, and I'm going to start suggesting that our teachers start setting virtual tours for students to go on, which I think 
the uh, students will really enjoy for subjects like art and history. Um, and then for computing, there's lots and um, lots and lots. Code Combat, Code.org, Tinker, take your pick. Thank you, Jude. Um, and Jane, what about you? What uh, what tools or support would you recommend? To try and keep it simple for those who are um, just kind of starting out um, and kind of echoing what Kat said and just get one thing right and maybe think about the pedagogy that's associated with that one thing rather than trying too many um too many different products that would be my advice thank you that's all really really good advice and we'll include links to all of those ideas in the show notes um and i, I want to take a moment to thank my guests for giving their time and spending some time today with us discussing the current situation and how we can work together as teachers to um to support our pupils and overcome the challenges that we face in in this very unusual time so thank you to all of my guests thank you to kat to james to jane jude and steve for their time today and um supporting us in this conversation uh, that's all for this episode we'll be back next month with more information uh, about uh, how we can be working in a remote environment and supporting our learners thank you for now for listening bye bye everyone